You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. We're talking Reds baseball today on this Friday as we've hit the midway point of April. It is April 15th, and joining us, as always, to talk all things Reds baseball, Reds reporter Mark Sheldon. Mark, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, at this time last week, uh, we were kind of basking in the collective glow of a 5-1 and one start, so the team tied for first. But you very astutely pointed out that the competition about to get a lot tougher, and uh, lo and behold, the Reds were just swept uh, by the Cubs in a three-game series in Chicago. The last two losses coming in a blowout fashion. Now, taking into account that, you know, the Reds just played a team which has, you know, juggernaut potential. The Cubs, as of this discussion, are 8-1. and one. Uh, How is the club feeling about themselves right now, and especially these last three games in Chicago? Well, it, it's a little quiet in the clubhouse the last couple of nights. I think the one thing that kind of really took a little of the wind out of their sails is they had a guy uh, on the mound taking a no-hitter into the seventh inning on Monday and Brandon Finnegan, and they weren't able to close it out. And, and uh, the game obviously turned into a into a defeat that they, they really, again, they should have won. It was a 3 nothing lead to a 5 or 5-3 loss, and, and that's uh, – that was tough, and they weren't even in the other two games because the uh, the starting pitcher got blown out, Alfredo Simon, in the first inning of uh, Wednesday, and and although Rafael Iglesias you know acquitted himself okay, the the bullpen let the game get away in the late innings. JJ Hoover struggled, so um, they definitely had some course corrections to make. Brian Price was in particularly a little uh, unhappy with all the walks. There were 22 walks and 22 runs allowed in the three games against the Cubs, and that's something that really, really frustrates him because he hates, as even as an old pitching coach, seeing uh, pitchers not control the strike zone and, and, and throw the ball over the plate. Yeah, and Mark, you mentioned in particular uh, Brandon Finnegan and Alfredo Simon. Let's start with uh, Finnegan first. As you said, he took a no-hitter into the seventh inning in the opening game of the series. This is the same pitcher, by the way, who had a rather robust uh, 10.05 ERA in spring training. It's yet another reason to completely discount uh, spring training numbers, you know, whether good or bad, but uh, getting back on point. Uh, I mean, he did walk five that night, but still I got to think a lot of encouraging signs from a guy who was not only good in the opening game of the series against the Cubs, but pretty good in his season opener too. Yeah, and they were uh, they, sure that he walked some guys. They weren't happy. Well, he wasn't thrilled about that, but one of the things that, that – made the manager happy and it made the pitcher happy was uh, the game plan. And, you know, he established his fastball that everyone knows he has right away. But then when he came to the lineup another time through and then he started getting things going, is he, he brought in his changeup, a pitch that was kind of a developmental pitch for him in spring training, and he really had it used it effectively. And that's what kept the, uh, the Cubs off balance for a large part of that game. You know, the first inning he threw four fastballs and got got three outs. It was a very quick first inning, but then after that he he really was able to to, to, to navigate through the lineup very well with, a, with an assortment of fastball, changeup, and breaking ball, and and he kept them guessing all the way until two outs in the seventh inning. And David Ross got the first hit. Uh, there was no chance that he was going to finish that game. He was in you know well over his uh, his previous high of in the major leagues of 89 pitches. I think he got to 111 pitches to finish the game or finish his outing. But, uh, you know, 
uh, it just was one of those things. He wasn't going to finish, but he did give it a nice run. Yeah, he certainly did. And the Reds, unfortunately, as you said, uh, the way they lost that game, having a 3 nothing lead, no-no into the seventh inning, and then that turns into a 5-3 loss, really kind of took the wind out of their sails for the uh, following two games of that series. Uh, game two was Wednesday night, and you touched on this already uh, on that night. Not exactly an encouraging performance from Alfredo Simon, the big pasta did not even survive the first inning. And we've talked about this before, but this guy has maybe the, the most startling Jekyll and Hyde tendencies of any any pitcher yeah. in the game, and it was uh, it was all bad on Wednesday. You know, is looking ahead, it's impossible to project how a guy's going to do every fifth day, but is this guy going to be pretty much a roll of the dice every time he takes the mound from here on out? Well, it's hard to say based on two starts, but you, you do have to wonder. The one thing that I, I've not seen from him – is a struggle that bad. I mean, even when he's not pitching well, he can keep the ball down and whether the balls get hit or not. But what he was doing was the, the pitches were, were, were tailing up. They were tailing away out of the strike zone. He wasn't getting it over the plate really at all. Uh, and, that, and that normally isn't in his M.O. He might get hit, but he doesn't normally have command issues. And that was a little surprising. I mean, they signed the guy to eat innings and be the one guy they know that could get them into the seventh inning, and he makes it a career low two thirds of an inning in his second start in the major, you know, in the season. So uh, that's not good, obviously. But they'll uh, bring him back out in, in a couple of days, and he'll try again. Yeah, that's all you can do. And uh, you know, like we've said, uh, they're not just playing uh, any any team here, any nine guys. These are the Cubs, and uh, you know, a lot of hype surrounding them. Pretty much all offseason, they've justified it so far with an 8-1 and one start. That's a very tough lineup to navigate and maybe just a blip on the radar for Alfredo Simon. We'll see what uh, start number three brings. And, uh, Mark, you touched on this a little bit too already, but Brian Price, uh, after the team was swept, very vocal about the inability of the pitching staff to, really, to just throw strikes and find the strike zone. They've issued a ton of walks. That's been a recurring theme, not just in the Cubs series, but since the uh, the beginning of the season, I believe uh, you wrote second in the majors and walks allowed. You know, does this, I, I don't know, does this drive managers crazier than maybe opposed to seeing his guys give up a bunch of hits, but at least they're throwing strikes? I mean, is, is issuing free passes the thing that really, you know, gives managers gray hairs? It really does, especially a manager that used to be a pitching coach. And <laughs> he is always, even back when he was in his pitching coach years with the Reds, he was always very big about commanding the strike zone. Can't throw strikes. You're, you're really not going to give yourself or the team a chance. You're going to have a lot of guys standing around. You're going to have really bad tempo. He wants to, to see guys control their pitch counts, control their strike zone, and go deep in the game. And when you're giving up a lot of walks and throwing 98 pitches in four innings, you're, you're really not giving yourself an opportunity to work deep in the game. And that definitely will will drive him a little a little concerned, you know, a little crazy. He wants. Uh, you know, he, he says he can accept the fact that if, if his guys are, are throwing the ball over the plate and they get hit, he can he can kind of live with that. But what he can't con- deal with is just guys not having control. Even though the Reds have a lot of guys in the DL right now, they have a young staff. The, 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 the Kind of the quote he says is they have 12 major league pitchers on the roster. There should be 12 guys that know how to control the strike zone. And that's, that's really true. Yeah, uh, uh, very well spoken by him. Uh, to touch on that a little bit more about the guys that are battling their way back from injuries, uh, it's uh, you know a lot of guys right now. You're talking Bailey, talking Di Sclafani, talking Moscott. Uh, give us the latest health updates and status updates of those guys. All uh, signs are pointing to John Moscott making the start on Sunday here in St. Louis to conclude the series. Uh, he had two rehab outings. His last one in Louisville didn't look good in the line, but he said he felt good and did what he wanted to do as far as with his pitches and 
everyone seems to be satisfied that he should be ready to go. Uh, Anthony DiScofani will throw a bullpen session today, and they have him uh, slated to throw one more kind of live BP simulated game back in uh, Cincinnati on Monday. And then after that, they'll send him on a rehab assignment. They really are proceeding a lot with a lot of caution. They don't want to screw up the oblique muscle that, that he had. He, he didn't get it all the way through uh, after his uh, his last simulated game. It didn't, the, the pain was still a little bit there, and they didn't want to proceed without knowing that he can go all the way without any any problems. Um, Homer Bailey was uh, through in an, ex- an extended spring game and took a line drive off of his foot uh, on Monday. So there is uh, maybe a little delay in when he throws next. I have to still check on that. John Lamb, who also threw in that same game with Bailey through three innings, had no trouble there. His next step is a rehab assignment. It's possibly as early as this weekend with Louisville. And I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. Oh, uh, Michael Lorenzen finally uh, overcame Mono, which set back his uh, comeback from uh, elbow strain, and he lost 20 pounds. Wow. So he is uh, working his way back to health, and then eventually they hope to get him throwing. Yeah, I mean, just, just a ton of guys right now, whether, you know, like you said, uh, you know, pitching specific ailments or just ailments in general like mono. It's it's all over the map right now for this Reds pitching staff. But with so many guys uh, hurts and ailing and on their way back, it does afford opportunities for younger guys like Tim Melville to see what he can do at the big league level. He's going to make his second big league start tonight on this Friday as we speak here in the afternoon. Uh Tim Melville did not uh, was not born in Missouri, but did grow up there, attended high school there. He's going to be pitching at Bush Stadium against the Cardinals in St. Louis. How meaningful is tonight's start for this young man? It is meaningful. He uh, took his, his high school team, Holt High School, in a suburban town called Wentzville, uh, to the state finals in Missouri. Uh, he uh, has a lot of friends here. His family is he's born and raised in Virginia, so most of his family is there. But he has a lot of friends here. He says, expects a lot of those friends to uh, be at the game. He said uh, that might be the one time they don't root for the Cardinals. They might root for him, mm-hmm. and he's excited about that. He's just excited to kind of show his appreciation to all the people in this area that, that kind of helped him get to the major leagues. It's been a long road. He's, he's waited a long time to, to get here. And uh, uh, on a more pressing level, it's, a, it's an important start for him because if he – even if he doesn't stay in the rotation with Di Scalfani coming back when he does, uh, the, Red, the way the Reds bullpen's operating lately, he could uh, uh, sashay himself into a, a, a role in the bullpen if he has another good outing. That, you know, he doesn't necessarily have to go back to AAA if uh, Di Scalfani comes back, and that's something that's been established uh, by Price in recent days. Uh, so this is an opportunity for him to, to show that he can be, you know, belong here. And if he has a swing role, that might be a way for him to stay in the major leagues a little longer. Yeah, lots uh, on the line tonight for uh, the young man, Tim Melville, uh, pitching where he grew up uh, in Missouri. We'll see how he acquits himself tonight against uh, a Cardinals team that, as of late, has been raking. Uh, they put up double-digit runs in three straight games. So a big, big test tonight for Melville. Uh, we'll see how he does. Uh, Mark, in the final minute or so, we have to wrap up giving – the one area of this team that you're most impressed with and the one area that perhaps is the biggest disappointment right now? Uh, most impressed with Jay Bruce and, and, and Eugenio, uh, Eugenio Suarez, but Bruce, who has spent all of spring training trying to work the other way. Uh, so far, eight of his 11 hits have been to the middle or, or the opposite field, which is a, a really nice number for him. His, two, his three hits to right field, two of them were uh, one was a home run and one was a game-winning walk-off triple. So, uh, things are looking good for him. Suarez has looked really nice. Uh, the plate is continuing. What he did kind of at the uh, when he filled in last year for Cozart, he's continued at third base. Uh, 
the, the one big point of concern has to be the bullpen. They've, they've had in the first two losses when they, when things were going really well, they they were kind of spectacular meltdowns, and uh, that was you know they had the Hoover give up a, a grand slam, they had Diaz give up a first pitch three run homer uh, to the Cubs on Monday, and then they've been struggling with their with their high you know high walk rate. A lot of pitches, and I think they really need to, to find a way to button that up. That was a point of concern going into the season. They looked good for the first six or seven games, but now it's it's really kind of showing that they uh, they need to fix some things over in the bullpen. Yeah, first uh, the Cubs, then the Cardinals. The road gets no easier for this Reds team going forward, that is for sure. Mark Sheldon dropping knowledge on us on this Friday afternoon, April 15th. Mark, we thank you, as always, for the time. We'll do it again next week for sure. Matt Waymire signing off for MLB.com Extras, Cincinnati Reds. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.